Hi, welcome to Bipolar Bicoastal. I'm Anna. And I'm Maria. We're twins living on opposite coasts. Here to talk about navigating life while bipolar. Hi, Nanners. How are you? Hi, Mia. I'm good. I just got back from a bike ride. Oh, did you? To... Were you wearing a mask again? Yes. Well, yes, a bandana. I, I'm, I just ordered, like, actual masks. I think I'm oh, really? acknowledging that, like, that's something, like, we're going to be doing this for a while. Might yeah. as well have, like, a real face covering. My pharmacy was charging, like, $2 per mask and selling them in, in packs of 50 Whoa. Which is, like, a hunt, obviously, math, $100. All right, well, I think we're ready to get into it. I think so, too. So today we're doing an episode on shame. The reason mm-hmm. we are doing this episode is because um, when Anna and I were recording my diagnosis story episode, it was clear that we both still had a lot of shame about how we handled it, what we did during my episode, my manic episode, um, and all that sort of stuff. So, And we ended up like crying. And it was like a whole mess when we first recorded it. So we're like, hmm, this is like probably something that we should explore more. So we're going into it now just about like the different like shame and guilt and judgment that you feel for yourself mm-hmm. when you are going through ep- like post episodes, going through the episodes and like also when you're wa- when someone that you love is going through and like how you handled it. Because we both found out that we like f- both feel like badly about stuff that like the other person like hadn't even been aware that we felt badly about. Yeah. So we're just kind of like go through some stuff that we like have like kind of dealt with, and then stuff that we like we're yeah. still trying to like work through. Does that is that about it, Anna? Yeah, and also shame of having it. Yeah, like, and the that shame was, of yeah, exactly. That was the big thing for me in the beginning. Like, I guess I'll, I guess we'll just get into it. Yeah, let's go. When I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I was just the mm-hmm. only person that I knew who had it. Yeah. Or who I've been diagnosed with it. I mean, I can't speak to everyone's, like, I just don't know. But, yeah. And it was, like, really beyond even being, like, lonely. It felt really shameful. Like, felt mm-hmm. this was just another thing that made me not similar to the rest of mm-hmm. my family or, and my peer groups. And, or, like, this was something that was really wrong with me. Yeah. And especially, you know, you have to take medication you have there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like maintenance and it becomes like a part of your identity very quickly and if the only associations you have with it is people who are having at their lowest during it it's really hard to find like any sense of pride in it Mm -hmm. and we can talk at the end about like ways that we found like counteract counteract that but like for for a while there i mean even de- like deciding to do this show, there was like a lot of talks about mm-hmm. yes, wanting to like reduce stigma, but also not wanting to be judged for yeah talking openly about these things. So that was like kind of a part of the conversation from the very beginning. Yeah, and it's kind of this like interesting dichotomy between like being. So, okay, so the type of bipolar that Anna and I have, she has bipolar one, I have either one or two, so, like, our episodes happen one right after the other. So, when I was manic, it's this really interesting and, like, kind of amazing phenomena where you don't really feel shame so much. 
Yeah. Which is, which is great. And then right afterwards, you're depressed and all you feel is shame. Yeah. And it's horrible. It's like, it's horrible. Shame is like such a debilitating emotion mm-hmm. and it's so unnecessary. It doesn't, it's, and I think people think that it might spur you to action and it might, you know, inspire you to be like a better person and do other, you know, better things and whatever, but it, it really mm-hmm. doesn't. It's, it's paralyzing. No. And, uh, especially as like women, we're socialized to like feel shame all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the reasons people like don't really seek treatment when they're manic in general because like it's it's incredible to be f- free of that feeling. I mean, there's a lot of things that are really difficult about being manic. It's it's really hard to be so wound up all the time. It's really frustrating having people like treat you different and stuff like that. You end up putting yourself in like a lot of like pretty harmful situations but that was one thing that I like I really enjoyed about it and I didn't realize that I had it until right after when I was depressed it's kind of interesting to like hearing you describe like your experience of being manic versus how I, I'm not sure how much of it is just hindsight like I'm not, I don't I yeah. don't know if this is exactly how I was feeling at the time mm-hmm. but I didn't feel shame perhaps but I did feel like scared of myself and like there were definitely times where I was like, oh, everything I do is right. Nothing I do is wrong. But I was also uh-huh. really scared. So it's hard to, like, yeah, I guess it's like when you talk about being married, like, there's positives for you. And then for me, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of, like, negatives, I guess. And that was part of what made recording the episode, your episode, the first time so hard is because, I don't know, I wish I could relate to that because it sounds so much more enjoyable, but I just yeah. didn't have that. Well, and then I feel shame about, like, having had maybe a bit of an easier time with my episode, whether that's because it was, like hypomanic instead of manic or, or what and so like then I feel badly like I'm like oh shit like I was lucky like I got the lucky kind where I didn't have to be hospitalized you know and so like I definitely feel badly about that I feel badly that you you know had depressive episodes before you got right. diagnosed and we weren't able to help you I mean okay I actually like do think that I like was very supportive of you while you're depressed yeah do you want to go into like specifics about yeah what exactly we're talking about when we're talking about the specific actions and things that we took that like we either felt shame for or still feel shame for yeah so in terms of what I did when I was manic so actually guess the first thing I say is like definitely comparing our situations to each other is not a good way to like move through that's like a really good way of just kind of beating yourself up or or like making yourself feel bad instead of just kind of accepting that it is what it is mm-hmm. and like we wouldn't have wanted the, wanted the other person to go through what we went through and that there was good and bad yeah. in those situations totally. but the thing that I <laughs> I don't like talking about it I mean I think I've mostly forgiven myself but I still feel really badly for what happened and what it is is the night that I was hospitalized I was very violent and and very um like out of control and I didn't want to be hospitalized I didn't want to leave I thought if I could just stay in my room in my closet by myself I could like get through it like it would just kind of pass through me eventually Mm -hmm. I could get medication like from like outpatient like it being hospitalized was really scary for me for very good reason it ends up being a really scary thing I mean I wasn't wrong about that but it was also uh, the way to get me treatment. Yeah. But obviously I did not see that way at the time. And so, like, I had asked that no one 
come into the room that I was in because I was lashing out and like getting like, yeah. k- like kicking holes in like the closet and stuff like that. And then Maria and the person I was dating at the time did come in and like I didn't touch Maria, but he tried to restrain me and mm-hmm. I very intentionally hurt him in a way that I knew would be like I hurt him where he already had an injury that I knew of and so it's like one of those things where it wasn't even like oh like you were like out of control and like lashing around with your limbs like it was very intentional like Mm -hmm. this is the way to get this person off of me and to like get them to stop like touching me and it ended up having really long-lasting consequences for him I'm sure it still does and I feel I do feel really bad about it I mean I don't I don't think that was an okay thing to do and like it that that's where I was like I did have shame when I was mad because I remember like afterwards being like oh like upset about it yeah yeah like I'm not a good person I didn't think I was capable of doing something like that and I did it and definitely the way that I've kind of tried to process it and move through that and to stop beating myself up over it is just to separate myself from my disease and just be like you know you weren't yourself then like you weren't thinking clearly and you weren't well, you, I mean, you're thinking through things pretty logically, but you weren't, like, that wasn't yeah. you doing those things. And just, like, trying to separate myself from the illness yeah. and remind myself that it is an illness. That's kind of how I've tried to move through it. But, I mean, it, it still is yeah. hard. I mean, I don't like talking about it. I feel really bad even sharing it now. I mean, I hope that if he ever does listen to this, he knows that this is... It's not something I'm proud of. It's something I feel really bad about, and I'm really sorry about it. I mean, I've said that a million times to him, but it's one of those things that had, like, long-lasting consequences past when I was manic, too, and, like, that's hard as well. There are consequences of your actions past when the illness was, and, you know, if I was talking to a friend or someone who had gone through something similar, I'd be like, well, would you blame someone with a broken arm for not being able to write like that doesn't make any sense to blame yeah. yourself for those things but it's still hard because I think especially with like mental illness mm-hmm. I think a lot of people view it as like this person's using an excuse to behave a certain yeah. way or like that was already inside of them and just like the illness brought it out that's definitely how yeah. I felt like that was inside of me and I was like was brought out through the illness and that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's a really good point and I think it's really natural to feel badly about something like that you know it's not easy Mm -hmm. but also it's not something that was brought out in you because how many like it's been what you've never done anything like that up until then and you haven't done anything like that since then yeah but yeah let me go into mine if that's cool Mm -hmm. so for me the thing that I feel or I felt the worst about was uh, so I was in a relationship for five and a half years mm-hmm. started my freshman year of college and lasted up until I became manic or hypomanic uh, we use that interchangeably because I haven't received a diagnosis on that or a classification of it mm-hmm. but yeah like I had just started seeing a new therapist and I was doing all these affirmation things and like feeling really good about myself for the first time in like a long time And I didn't know it at the time, but I started speeding up and I did some things that I wouldn't normally have done. And I was just like, I felt like I was in this time of like self-revelation. 
Mm-hmm. And like I was like telling my boyfriend about it and I just like I felt like I was like discovering new sides of myself and stuff like that. And I I don't know how specific I want to get, but like I started like kind of like behaving pretty like inappropriately with someone that I met at that time period and my boyfriend we were like semi long distance at the time he ended up driving I was in DC he was in the Baltimore area and he ended up driving down one night and like talking to me about it and like he was really supportive up until like he found out about like that stuff and he ended up breaking up with me and it was like really cold and like final and I wasn't really upset about it at the time mm-hmm. and but like he said some things to me when he broke up with me that I like really hurt even then and so whatever we were broken up and he he wouldn't talk to me and I ended up like running into him at, like at least once post that like while I was still manic and a lot of my friends still stay in touch with him which is great and like as I should but he refused to talk to me and at the end when I was depressed and I realized okay wait if I'm depressed now I was probably manic all summer oh my god like I feel really bad I want to like explain this to my boyfriend and he had sorry my ex-boyfriend and he had seen what it was like when when you were manic Anna, and he like watched yeah. you go through the episode so I thought okay like maybe he'll understand what was going on with me because like I would never want to end a relationship of that like length and seriousness in the way that I did, I you know, I, I always thought it would, if if I was going to end a relationship, like, it would be more mutual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he broke with me, whatever, but, like, it, it, you know, I wanted it to be a discussion. Um, but anyways, so I, I don't know how I was able to get in touch with him, but we, like, had this long phone call where I explained my diagnosis and how badly I felt and how I hoped he, like, understood that, like, wasn't really me who did those things. And I was, like, out of my mind when I did them and I like didn't realize and it was like pretty cathartic and it was great talking to him again you know I, I really missed him but he at the end was just like well I don't really want to like talk to you again though and I don't I don't really like if I see you you know I'll be like civil or whatever but I don't really have like anything more I want to say to you yeah and that really sucked I, like I that really really yeah. sucked yeah sorry Anna well I think like what it, like what makes those two examples for us too hard is it hurt other people and yeah. they have not I don't know I never got fully forgiven for what I did by that person which is yeah. completely their right to not forgive in those situations like you don't need to have someone in your life who is yeah. capable of those things at any point you know you you're under no them. obligation to date somebody who's mentally ill or who has mental illness yeah. like Fine. But it also, like, kind of sucks because as much as we can forgive ourselves, we do know that like, there's people out there who we did really care about and we do have a lot of good memories with yeah. who have probably never forgiven us for, like, the, the worst yeah, and things we don't, that we did. Yeah, and I don't get to have this person in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And to his mind, it's because of this disease. Like, it kind of sucks. And... Yeah. Yeah, but, okay, so then... I guess we we kind of want to wait on the whole, like, solutions to until the end. So do you want to kind of go into what you felt bad about when I was manic? Yeah. And this is mostly the reason why we had to, like, get Maria's yeah. pod, like, story short is because, um, yeah, I just, I, 
I had expected to understand more when you were manic that things, since I had already been through it, I expected to understand more how it is when you're manic and how hard it is, like how you're not yourself. And I had, but I had also expected you to understand more, like what I was going through. I think because I was like, oh, Maria knows how hard it is to support someone. Can I ask you manic, a question? Which, yeah. Did you, after you got your diagnosis, did you think, like, oh, Maria, probably, like, were you expecting me to have it? Um, I expected at some point someone in our family would just because it is genetic. And I had heard so many times, like, oh, like, 60% of twins with bipolar or like, the other twin is as well. Yeah. I mean, I but, was really scared about having it. Yeah, but I, but I didn't. Like, there wasn't part like I don't think I did I didn't think like oh we're just waiting until Maria does I think I was like you know what like especially because I had had like depressive episodes before and I was like you know what and like also like the way that I like viewed myself I was like oh you know classic I would give like the disease yeah wait can I just go on a little bit of a tangent now Mm -hmm. when you're it's interesting when you're twins and like I guess people anyone who grows up close to somebody else there's this process as you grow up where it's kind of like there just start being substantive differences between you two. Mm-hmm. And every single time that happens, it's a it's a source of like conflict and I don't not like grief or loss, but a little bit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. weird when you're especially Anne and I, we are identical. We grew up like super, super close. Hadn't spent more than like a night apart from each other until college. Yeah. And so like even in high school and stuff like that, it's just, like, these moments of just, like, <laughs> so yeah. hard to describe. It's not as though, like, Anne and I had to, like, work to be empathetic towards each other. It's not hard to be empathetic towards somebody who, like, thinks the way you do and you yeah. know so intimately. Yep. So as the two of us, like, started having separate experiences, obviously, as you get older and then started having with bipolar disorder and, like, and mm-hmm. depression and, like... I, I had, like, panic attacks and anxiety. Like, as those well, things start happening, yeah. it's, we were already, like, not that there was, like, conflict in our relationship, but, like, there was already things that we recognized as being things that we, the other person couldn't fully understand, yeah. despite fully understanding how the other person would respond to those things. And I'm going to use the example of, like, when you were depressed Anna like there was certain times that like you weren't able to like finish things that you had started uh-huh. and that's not where I was at that point like I mm-hmm. I was like someone who like was still very diligent about those sort of things not that I always am it just like is something that like I was doing and but like there's people in our lives like our specifically like our some of our family members who like saw that and like didn't understand why that was happening and like were very frustrated by it and like yeah took it very personally but like I was I always understood why you were doing those things does that make sense at all I feel like I'm yeah well I guess so (laughs) something that me and my therapist talk about a lot is like like the desire for a twin and like how you have someone who has the same thoughts feelings opinions about everything and then like as you grow up it gets like a little bit different and like obviously I can think of like different times in our life like where there was like more separation like 
in middle school, like, there were, like, definitely some times where, well, I guess early high school more so, like, there were times where it was just, like, people treated us differently or, like, did different things or had, like, different motivations, and that was, like, hard yeah. for each other. Yeah. But, like, it was, like, the fights were harder because we were, like, we're, like, we're not used to doing this. Exactly. We weren't used to disagreeing with each other, and so... Yeah. It made it really hard. I remember we had, we had to fight about, like, the idea, like, the concept of marriage. And it was, like, so yeah. confusing for me because I was, like, how are we not on the same page about this? Like, we're on the same page about yeah. everything. Yeah. And, like, as we've gotten older, like, I think in general, a lot of getting older is realizing that not every person has, like, your same thoughts, beliefs, opinions, effects. And, like, it's just as valid that they got to those mm-hmm. conclusions that you did. But that was something, like, we had to, like, learn. And so in terms of, like, the rupture... It was, like, we, you have someone who, like, shares all of your identity characteristics, and then all of a sudden, yeah. there's, like, a very big difference between those two things. And, like, yeah. that was what the diagnosis was for us. And then, yeah, it was just hard. I don't know. And so <laughs> it was just hard. And I think, in general, it's hard not being able to relate to someone that you're close to, but when it's someone who, like, for forever has been, yeah. like, your point of reference... Yeah. It's really difficult. So, like, when you were going through it, that was really hard for me, too, because I felt a lot of shame that I had to put up boundaries around being with you and being around you. But it was also just some of the things that, like, your illness was saying to me were so hard for me to hear. And, like, maybe if I had been, like, at a more, like, evolved or better person, I would have been able to hear those things and not take them personally. But at the time, obviously, for obvious reasons, getting the diagnosis was, like, the worst-case scenario for you. Yeah. And I think it was just hard for me to hear that. And so then I I wasn't as patient with you as I should have been, or I wasn't as empathetic with you as I should have been. I wasn't as there for you as I should have been. And you always are like, oh, you were so great when I was depressed. And it's like, well, yeah, because I could, like, talk to you when you were depressed. And you, every yeah. time I saw you, you were like, oh, my God, I don't deserve to have you around me. And I'd be like, literally, yeah. I'm just, like, hanging out with my sister. Like, I, this is, like, what I want to be doing. But when you were, like, manic, it was the opposite. And when I was manic, it was the opposite, too. I remember getting so angry yeah. at you when you would, like, take time for yourself or hang out with our friends without me because not all of our friends wanted to be around someone who was manic all the time. My, not, my mom didn't want me to, like, be, yeah. you know, like, to be doing those things because yeah. it was she wanted me to be getting better and, like, healing myself and not putting myself in a situation. And that's and interesting, think, too, because... Sorry, Anna, do you mind if I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A part of the reason why it was so difficult being, like, each other's support systems during that time is because we each had the same support system that we relied on with mm-hmm. our family and our friends. So, like, it's not as though I was going to hang out with separate friends that I had and, like, talk to them separately mm-hmm. about the things that I was going yeah. through with you. Like, it was the same people. So, like, they were kind of getting it from both sides. And we weren't able to, like, draw a clear separation between, like, people who are going to be there to support you during that time people who are going to be there to support me during that time, you know? Except for the people that we were dating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the same goes for when you were manic. Yeah. My support system was your support system. Yeah. And they had also, like, learned, I think, a little bit from going through it with me, like, how kind of you're just not going to get through to the other person. Yeah. And you have to, like, have your own boundaries for yourself. And yeah, that sucks. I mean, what I was going to say earlier, too, is like, I think another thing I felt a lot of shame about as well was just not being able to get you 
treatment. Yeah. Not. And I still feel, I don't know. I don't think I feel bad about that. But my my whole thing when, like, I realized it was pointed out to me that, <laughs> that you were, like, going through something like that was, like, we need to minimize the amount of damage because I felt so embarrassed when I came out of my manic episode. Yeah. And, like, I didn't want you to go through the same thing. Obviously, that's impossible to not go through the same thing. But I just felt really bad that I couldn't protect you as much as I wanted to. Yeah, and I felt really bad at the time making the decision to hospitalize you and calling the ambulance. Like, Mm -hmm. I really, 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 really didn't want to do it. And I was holding out for as long as I could. But it was the first time, like anybody as you were saying had been in yeah in like a crisis point so like I didn't realize like how maybe like even getting you admitted sooner would have been I feel shame for like when you're talking about how badly you felt about hurting the guy that you were dating at the time I feel so badly for not calling before you had gotten like so wound up Mm -hmm. and ill and stuff like that I don't think I should I mean I'm not gonna play like the what if game but that's what I mean that's what shame is shame is the what if game right so like yeah if I'm gonna like fully just let my shame talk here like I wish that I had like a listen to my mom earlier when she said that you were manic b as soon as we realized you were Mm -hmm. manic like getting you like some sort of acute treatment and like even getting you involuntary hospitalized at that point would have been better if this is shame talking but this is what it's saying and like if I had actually like followed all the advice on the internet about like not taking stuff okay actually I think I did a pretty good job of this like not taking stuff personally yeah um I did a good job of it like when you were in crisis but then afterwards when you were like starting to like come more back to yourself and like at least act a bit more normal like I started just taking stuff really personally which yeah it's not great and then I wish that I had figured out a better mental health center for you to go to I I didn't like the one that you ended up at I felt (laughs) like so yes I just like I just like yeah it's hard yeah and like and I think that was a really good point that you just made about like it was hard when you got when I got back to myself more and like that was what was really hard about I think a lot of yours was like that you were there it was definitely you but it was also like this other part of you that was not usually there yeah but I will say like yeah sorry. sorry Well, just like what you were telling me when we were recording the episode, some of the specific things that I said to you, and I had no memory of them, which is like one of the blessed things that (laughs) your memory does for you after you have a manic or depressive or like I'm sure many other like types of episodes or trauma, like it lets go of some of that shit for you. And so there's certain things that I went through that are like actual like trauma points. So I get triggered and I go back to them. But like in terms of just, like, saying mean shit to my family, like, I didn't have much yeah. memory of all that. And then when you were, like, telling me again what I said, I was just like, oh, my God, like, I feel so badly about saying yeah. some of that stuff. Wait, let's just go into some of the counteracting stuff. Cause, like, yeah, let's go into I, that. This is, like, very heavy. Yeah. Well, because I, I think, too, like, part of it is just, like, talking about it and being open about it and, like, yeah. being able to talk to each other about it, but also, like, other people. Yeah. And for what you're saying about, like, oh, like, it was like the wrong hospital and like it should have happened earlier like, I never think of it that way for me it's always like you know it sucked that it happened that mm-hmm. way but like that was what it had to happen and like you know if I was to go like on like the what ifs like I would probably would have presented you so much more if I had been hospitalized earlier because I would have thought that like you know I yeah. didn't need it and stuff like that I mean there's like a million yeah. things yeah totally there's just no 
right way to do it, I guess. There's yeah. just, like, a bunch of, like, wrong ways or, like, f- fine ways of doing things. But, yeah, yeah. so talking about itself and, like, I think also, like, hearing other, like, similar stories. Mm-hmm. Like that one that I put on the Facebook page about yeah the go check out our Facebook page everybody yeah it's a it's really interesting it's a sister of someone who was hospitalized for being spoiler kind of bipolar and like just reading through how similar that family's narrative was to our family's narrative where like the person being hospitalized does not want it to happen or even getting treatment the person getting treatment does not want to have it happen and like there's a lot of like blaming yourself and blaming yeah. other people and and stuff like that and i don't know i think everyone is just kind of doing the best that they can so yeah that's what i would say in terms of people who are support systems just try to be patient with yourself and mm-hmm. try to find some sort of community around it there's bipolar family support groups and loved one yeah. support groups and reading bipolar media is really helpful or watching or whatever mm. yeah listen to all of our episodes whatever yeah. you want to do but i also say like for like the person going through it therapy <laughs> but also yeah. like trying to separate yourself from the disease yeah and like trying to remind yourself of all the things that you have done like if you're yeah. someone who's consistently taking their meds and like all these things you're like you know i'm trying to prevent that from happening again yeah um and if you can talk to someone who's been through something similar if you want to talk to us like please reach out reach out love to talk because before we started this podcast i we were the only people that we knew with it who we never talked to with it and now we know a lot more people with it and those conversations mm-hmm. are like really helpful to be like oh my god <laughs> yeah like, wow you went through the same thing so yeah. it wasn't just me being a shitty person when I was like manic or depressed it was like everyone yeah and I have a few things that have helped me mm-hmm. I mean I think first off just time like just give it a bit yeah. of time like everything gets better with time and you don't have to like start the apology tour or like forgiving yourself right away like your first priority after you come out of you know these episodes is to get better and then you can start to like really unpack stuff I mean just like just sit in it for a second like it's okay it's like it's such a and it's such a short amount of time really Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people who have chronic who who go through episodes much more quickly and like have many more episodes but it's still like it's still not your whole being in your whole life so I think trying to like just get a little bit of perspective on that Mm -hmm. I think another way of kind of helping yourself out of it is just think about all the good things that you did while you were manic or depressed that's really special that you were able to Mm -hmm. do anything positive when you were so ill like I think about Anna how you were so kind and nice to everybody that you met in your PHP program and like genuinely tried (laughs) to get all of them help and that was really I mean of course you're mentally yeah you're like laughing you're like a little embarrassed of course you're not doing everything exactly how you would when you aren't Mm. but like that's I don't know that's okay there's a lot of people who I there's a lot of people who I like I know I teared up and I was actually like very much so there for them when I was manic yeah and a lot of positive things that like you learned about yourself too yeah and now it's 
again, it's like getting to the diagnosis and moving forward with your journey. Like it's just amazing. And you don't have to be feel shame for like, maybe you stop taking your meds or just whatever happens, your brain chemistry shifts and you have another episode. Like you don't have to feel shame about that either because you're dealing with a disease. You wouldn't be mad at somebody who had cancer, like relapsing, like it's okay. And so like, I don't know. Do you want to say something like that you feel like kind of proud of from when you were manic or depressed? Wasn't well, it? We haven't really done any like things that you're ashamed of when you were depressed. Mm-hmm. But I do have what I mean. I've yeah. mentioned it before, but I never finished my college thesis. Yeah. Like that was what I had wanted to do since I was in high school was write a thesis paper and like mm-hmm. work it through. And I like I also felt a lot of shame because. I wanted it to be, like, a legacy for the person who died Mm -hmm. while they were mentoring me and helping me write it. And I never did that. That sucked for a really long time. And, like, I felt a lot of shame about it for a really long time. But I also know, like, he wouldn't want me to, like, beat myself up over that. Like, he'd be like, whatever. It's an undergrad history, like, thesis. Like, you weren't in a place to write it. And, like, that's okay. And how much more important was it that you were, like, literally there by his side as he was dying you know that's just way more important i think yeah nobody another thing too is like you didn't like we didn't kill anybody nobody died like (laughs) when we were like manic or depressed like just like try to get a bit of perspective on it and then way and i were saying like if somebody hasn't forgiven you or like taken the time to do it like that's completely their problem and you don't need to spend your time convincing them that they're wrong and that you're better and you've changed like you're better you've changed you know that you don't and they don't need to they don't need to be in your life anymore they don't need to and they don't need to forgive you they don't owe you anything nobody owes you anything all you you owe yourself the compassion and the forgiveness that you and the grace that you're able to give yourself and you can just let those people have their own thoughts and feelings and don't try to control it because you're never going to like win on that and you don't need to another way to like kind of combat shame too is like to say thank you to the people who were there for you during that time yeah if there were people who were there for you during that time and like kind of start to try to forgive them for the ways that they Mm -hmm. let you down and just you know be like wow it's really special that like i had my entire family all of them people who had not been in the same room together for years be in the same room together and like just to support me just because they were like worried about me yeah (laughs) but like i love you it's just like obviously there are things that you did to bring this many people into your life and like if they're not able to handle being there through the disease like that's okay like that's for them but that doesn't make you a bad person it just means that you have an illness that can be difficult to be around sometimes and can make you do things Mm -hmm. that don't make sense and just yeah Yeah. I I don't think I can stress enough like listening to other bipolar stories and being Mm -hmm. like wow (laughs) like exactly there are so many things that people do during this time and like educating yourself on like what are symptoms of it yeah you know it's not a personality trait to be really grandiose and think that you're smarter mm-hmm. and better than everyone else and like perhaps yeah. think you're a god figure or to get really into yeah. like you know like the, all, those things are just symptoms of a disease not yeah. functions of your personality totally and like also if you want to apologize and like talk to the people who you feel shame about you know how you feel like you've hurt them or whatever 
I would recommend doing it because most of the time they mm-hmm. don't even remember it or yeah. it's just not that big a deal. Like part of also growing up is just remembering that like nobody's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you and mm-hmm. nobody cares about you and what you've done as much as you care about you and what you've done. And that's like honestly a very good thing. Uh, and so like if you're in the place where you want to like talk to people about, oh, th- sorry, that was like because of something I was going through you can do that and and just see how they feel and again like they're allowed to have their own reactions to it sorry but um if you if it that you feel like that might be something that like would be helpful for you like I I highly recommend doing it and again just like Mm -hmm. giving yourself the time and space to like get through it on your own timeline it's two years after since my my start of my episode this is um three years after Anna did and like obviously we're still processing stuff but like the amount of shame that I feel now versus even the beginning of this podcast or yeah. the end of the episodes is like infinitely, infinitely less. And I mm-hmm. think it's also really helpful to like come from a place of non judgment in general for other people too. Cause like if you can get to the place where you're not judging other people, it's also like a lot easier to not judge yourself. Yeah. I just think that shame is such a useless emotion. I think that it had maybe useful characteristics like back in whatever, like cavemen time but it's pretty much useless now and if you can like let yourself go you can just give yourself a break i think honestly <laughs> we won't judge you for it so we won't judge you for it yourself. like tell us we've done it all and like it's like it's fine yeah. like everyone we're alive it's fine exactly okay do, do you feel like we put a, a good cap on it yeah okay so i think that's all we want to say about that for now please write in with anything that you want to share with us or any thoughts that you have about it i'm sure we haven't covered everything so our email is bipolarbycoastal at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook at bipolarbycoastal as anna was referencing earlier we post articles in there sometimes we announce whenever there's a new episode you get to see pictures of us if you are part of the facebook group and we always write hilarious announcement posts so highly recommend joining hilarious we actually work fairly hard on them and then we also have an instagram at bipolar by coastal similar deal going on there that's that's all i have to say about that yeah that's what i got too i want to say that our next week's episode we will be having on a guest special guest maggie faust she is a true delight and we all went to college together and college of maryland wish i wish that we had had more time together but she has a very interesting story and has a lot to say about the illness and what it's like having it. And I think that it's going to be really, a really fun time. She's also a librarian. How fun is that? So fun. She also has the best taste, like in, like just immaculate taste. So and a really cute dog. And a really cute dog. And also, Anne and I are going to be on someone else's podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called Fuck Loneliness. As of right now, it's a video podcast, but I believe it will also be coming to podcast platforms. So we will let you know when the episode Mm -hmm. is out and we'll be posting about it on our social media as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I don't know how often we say this, but please do share. It's not something that we want people to do. It's not something that we're, you know, if we don't know, like share it with everyone. You can share on your personal. Because you'd be surprised, even if you think that people in your social media and like your social circles, wouldn't relate to this chances are you do know somebody who has bipolar disorder so or who knows somebody who has bipolar disorder so it actually like it is like 
really useful to people to know that there's other people out there who but yeah you don't need to to worry about like us being like why would someone out us to people we want people to to be Mm -hmm. aware of it and for it to share so you have to ask us anything like that you could just spread it around yeah and the more the more listeners and shares that we have the more we're able to get guests on the show and things like that which is really helpful and also we're all we're over 1500 listens which is amazing amazing so thank you all so much for listening it means a lot to us uh and so thank you as always to mia thoreau who did our tile art and hannah dorfman who does our music and eb davis who helped us design our really fantastic art on our facebook page yeah thank you so much for listening everybody goodbye bye If you liked what you heard and want more, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bipolar bicoastal. For just $5 a month, you get access to two bonus episodes and an invite to our Lady Dynamite watch parties. I cannot wait to see you there.